Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Welcome back to the Man Post Weekend Review Show. I'm your host, Ali, and back to normal is the usual trio. Simon decided to join us once again from his travels. We have Simon and Dave. How are we, gentlemen? Uh, not too bad, thank you. I say this sincerely, but this might actually be the best I've ever been on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and as you can tell, this might be the worst Simon has ever been on this podcast. <laughs> yeah, sounds about right. <laughs> yeah, well... Well, I tell you what, Simon, we'll make it easy. Less of the small talk, we'll go straight into the football. Um, and at least you can find some hilarity in Man United at the moment. Um, <laughs> Arsenal 3, Manchester United 1, boys. Um, Nuno Tavares, who I have no idea who he is, didn't even know he was. Back with uh, Saka with a penalty. Ronaldo with quite a nice equaliser. A uh, goal to pull one back. Uh, a missed penalty for Bruno Fernandes, which will definitely come on to why he was taking it. And then a really lovely strike from... Granite Xhaka to, to basically seal the win. Hey, Simon, since you're feeling down, well, we'll come to you first. Um, on the hilarity of Man United in the game overall. I mean, man, you just... Uh, the gift that keep on giving at the moment, aren't they, for, <laughs> for neutrals? I mean, I'm sort of thinking about them the other day after, after their horror show at Anfield during the week and then after this. And, like... Because growing up, you know, I'm 34, so I grew up, you know, I was in the 90s and noughties, and them just dominating, winning everything, getting away with decisions that no other team would get away with. So I've just got to say, I'm absolutely loving every single minute of what's going on at that club at the moment. The, the, the biggest thing is that there's, what, 14, 13, 14 teams below them in the Premier League that should all really be ashamed of themselves, not including yes. Norwich and Watford yes. in that, because <laughs> Man United are just... I mean, there's just so much wrong at, at that club. And, but then, weirdly, in the second half, I didn't think they played that badly, actually. Oh, I thought they... Yeah, right. they, they um, you know, they had a few sort of decent chances, a couple of penalty shouts, some that I don't think were penalties. There's one, I think, in the first half that I think they definitely could have got, I think, as a handball from someone crawling around on his hands and knees <laughs> and scooping the ball away. I mean, <laughs> I, I, think, I think if you're in that stage, your arm becomes a leg then. <laughs> it is ridiculous, that. And then you kind of, you contrast it with how ridiculous Arsenal are as well. <laughs> they, they lose three on the bounce to Palace, Brighton and Southampton. And then go and win at Stamford Bridge and beat Man U. It's um, yes, yeah, it's just very odd, very odd game of football, really. But I mean, it's it's no, uh, it's, it's nothing clever to say that 
Man U are just structurally a complete mess. And at the back, I mean, they, they must be definitely the worst sort of group of Man United players that, that I can think of. And they probably had. They've, they've got some talented players there, but just the whole mentality, everything around that club is it, it, just rotten. And yeah, as I said earlier, I'm, I'm absolutely fucking loving it. <laughs> yeah, 100%. So I've, I've been having this argument the last couple of days with, with United fans because a lot of them just buy into everything Gary Neville says, like it's gospel. And, and I think, I can't remember what pundit actually had a go at. I think it might have been Carragher, and I really agree with Carragher. That's having a go at Neville that the owners can't take all the responsibility. The, the, the owners have, have need to, they're almost like yes men, like who know nothing about football and just their answer to everything is just throw money at it. Because any Man United fan who say the owners are terrible and don't back the club enough is absolutely ridiculous for the money they've spent. And it's one of my pet hates that how their owners get so much stick on that. Could they make better decisions? 100%. Their, their best decision they could make would be to start hiring better people and stop throwing money at players. <laughs> Might be a start. <laughs> it's, just, it's just awful. Um, I mean, Dave, I'll, I'll come to you on this one. Obviously, with the new owners and obviously money coming into your club. Surely. Like on, on what I've just said there, you can see what I mean. About Man United, they're just structurally wrong. It's, not, it's nothing to do with investment and things like that. Money can't buy success unless it's done. Obviously, City have done it very well, but they've done it structurally. Again, they built, you know, they got the right people in the right places very early. They did, but it also took a long time. Man City didn't become successful overnight, and Man United well, yeah. kind of. You know, let's be honest, the foundations are, are, are rotted, as, uh, as Saz more or less just said there. So it's, they can't just assume that appointing Ten Hag is going to fix everything overnight, which I mean, we said this last week. That I, I, I don't think he's the magic wand man. Now he might be, but he's he's a bit unproven, really, this sort of thing. I mean, they say like he took Ajax, who, who've got all those things in place. You know, they've got a great academy. They've got a, an identity, but they're also in a very easy league. Um, a, a two slash maybe three team at best league which let's be honest Steve McLaren won a few years ago so you know I'm not I'm not of the opinion that he's going to be uh, a shoe in to be an absolute genius and fix them overnight I think he might be good but I think it's a bit of a gamble um, I personally thought if they were going to go with anybody it would have been Pochettino who I know has won less but at least has a somewhat record of you know, been in place through and yeah. you know building something, um, albeit you know not necessarily to the extent of winning trophies with with Tottenham, but you know better men have tried and failed at that. Um, but anyway, um, back on your point with Man United at the minute, um, there's been a lot said recently about you know Newcastle have bought success and have bought our way out out of trouble and to a degree. Yes, that's right, but um, you know having money didn't make. Emil Kraft a better player. Didn't make Joel Linton yeah. a better player. Yeah. It, um, you know, we signed Dan Byrne and we signed, you know, obviously Bruno is, is a cut above. Um, Trippier will be a cut above when he's fit. And, you know, the, all right, yeah, a couple of signs made a big difference, but having a good manager in place um, has improved the team. It's improved the formation. It's, you know, having the right, right backroom staff and not just, you know, the three Steves who we had before. Um there's a lot changed overnight culturally with us, which took, you know, maybe took a few months to, to hit in, but that's what Man United need to do. Um, and, I mean, it doesn't help that they've got players who are, 
they don't want to be there, um, or they've reached the end of their time there. The likes of you know Lingard, who's been there for a long time, but isn't getting a kick, and presumably isn't going to get a new contract. Pogba's obviously more or less the same. Um, add in the likes of Matic and Mata, who are about five years past the sell-by date. Um, and then the players who, you know, Maguire, who, all right, could be good, but again, I, I just wonder if, if, if it's if it's all for him. I, I, I can't really imagine anybody coming in and making him fantastic again. He, he just looks he looks like a shadow of the player we know he can be. Um, so there's, there's an awful lot to do. Um, and I, I think it is almost like starting again. Um, you mentioned City there, how long it took them to get, get to where they are. Um, and I think it was in the week that Randick say he was six years behind Liverpool. Yeah. Um, I think that's probably about right, if not a little bit longer. Um, and the only thing you would say is that Man United have got the, the spending ability to go out and buy the very best, but would you be going to Man United at the minute? Well, well that's it. I mean, we were, again, like, so unless Man United going overspend... Because people will still go for money, obviously, in certain runs. But if you've got the choice of, like, let's take City, let's take City, Liverpool and Chelsea out of it. Because realistically, the players at Man United are probably, that Liverpool and that are looking for, will not always be the same as, as Man United's now. But even at the, ch- the chance of Arsenal, Spurs, dare I say West Ham at the moment, and, and even say like a Newcastle, and, and even Villa, Simon, just because of the money obviously you have available. Man United are you know, mid to bottom of that pile who you would go to for football because even like obviously I went through it for years with Liverpool being the the signing players on the name of the club. That only lasts for so long when you're you know, you're then flirting with the UEFA conference week week in, week out. Yeah, definitely. I mean you sort of you look at Tottenham with Conte's a proven winner you know that that's that's a more appealing prospect purely from the football point of sense than than you like at the moment, and even in to an extent you'd say Arsenal. I mean, obviously they don't and have sort of quite the same pedigree as Man United, but they're still a sort of huge name in football, and you can at least see that there's there's there is like a plan at Arsenal. There's there's something in place. They, they've got something that they're trying to build. Whereas you look at United and, I mean, like we've just said, this structurally the whole club needs sort of tearing down and building back up again. And, yeah. you know, the footballers, you know, they're so obsessed now with, with trophies and, and winning things. And, you know, if you're, if you're a top player sort of in your mid-20s you, and you're going to be moving to, uh, to the Premier League from the top teams, you're going to want to go to a team that you think is going to have a realistic chance of actually competing and winning for things. Yeah. And you, like you said, the, obviously Man U is, is one, they, you know, they're one of the biggest clubs in world football. They, it is a huge name. But like you say, there's, there is only so long that, that you'll get with that. It's been, was it, to be coming up to 10 years since, I think yeah, 10 yeah. years next year since they won the league yeah. title. You know, I'm sure when, when Liverpool was it what 89 or 90 or whatever their last league title before the one the other year I'm sure they never thought God it'll be 30 years before we win another one but it, it, you know once you get on that run and, and you fall that far behind those teams 
it's very difficult to catch them back up. So, but I think there's a yeah, it's a really long, long roads back for for them. They, I'm sure at some stage they will come back because football is quite cyclical with these things. But yeah, could, could be a while. Yeah, like the, the six years that Dave mentioned that Ragnick said is is, is 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 almost generous as well because you, you've got to hope that City and Liverpool don't keep going the way they're going in that time as well. Um, I think. I can't remember who said it, was it? Oh, it was Real Fair, I can't remember my quote in New Verland, but even he said, like, Man United won't even come close to it until Pep and Klopp, you know, leave the league. And it, it's it's hard to disagree almost, because, again, Liverpool were nowhere near the way they were before Klopp came in. We were, not quite Man United low, but we were, we were low. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, it was, it's, it's, it's a long, long way back for Man United fans. Um, I mean, just last one in the game, uh, can both of you, any of you give me a, a valid reason why Ronaldo didn't take the penalty and he let Bruno? I no idea, <laughs> especially when you think of Bruno's missed penalty against us uh, way back in September. And, and I'm just on, on Bruno as well. Um, how did he not see, how did he not get a red card for that at the end? Absolutely no idea. Like, I think Righty obviously highlighted a match today, but. Um, it was a good three or four seconds late yes. and high, like completely, you know, planned what he was trying to do. Mm. He's, he's lucky he didn't cause more damage, but it was the tackle of a player who just wants to sit out a few games. Like, <laughs> he, he has had enough. Um, he, he wants to pog by the rest of the season. He really does. <laughs> but but the, absolute, the absolute worst thing that's happened to Bruno Fernandes is they signed Ronaldo. Yeah. Um, because everything that was good about Man United under Solskjaer came from Fernandez. Um, you know, he was he was the one. He had the drive. He was the more or less the captain in all what name. Um, he took every set piece. He scored every week. Um, he led the press. He was you know he was the man. Um, and I just get the impression he's been nowhere near as effective when Ronaldo's been on the pitch. Um, for whatever reason, you know, there's probably a few reasons for it, but um, it, it's made him. Going with shell a little bit, um, and uh, they're a lot worse for it. Hilariously, a hundred percent. As we say, like, systemically, that team are at loss. And just, I mean, just one last thing on Arsenal, Simon. You summed up best. Like they lost three games in a row, and games they should have probably won all three, and then beat Chelsea, who realistically should have had a chance. And yeah, I guess by United won. It was almost a toss of the coin. Like, who would have yeah. well, you wouldn't have been surprised either way as such, but yeah, I mean, I'll come on to the top four that the, we'll have another debate on who's going to get this fourth place lot that nobody seems to want. Um, <laughs> next up, Simon, um, I'm not sure we even want to discuss this game, <laughs> but we'll leave it to you and me and they will just sit out. Leicester nil, Aston Villa nil. Clean sheet and a point, si. is that a positive? Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, you know, we'd lost four, four on the spin. Um, so just just to stop the rot and to get a clean sheet again. But the the two sort of takeaway stats from this result is that's our first nil nil of the season, unbelievably. <laughs> and also before yesterday, we were the only team in all four of the top divisions in England that hadn't drawn a game away from home all season. So that's a uh, yeah, a bit, bit of a, an anomaly of a stat there. I mean, I kind of, I, I think I've said before, our, our season's sort of pretty much done. It's, yeah. It's just petering out. I mean, the, the game itself, it was 
from, from what I've seen and heard from people who were there, there was very little quality on show for me, the team. We probably, in terms of chances, shaded it with slightly better ones. Leon Bailey had a pretty good one quite near the beginning of the game that he, he, he probably really should have scored with. I mean, he's had a header from a corner that just went over. But, I mean, other than that, you know, there's really not an awful lot to say about it. Just, yeah, like you said, the, the points stop the rust, clean sheets, you know, it, at least it's something. And then we've kind of, I think we've got six games left. Yeah. We've got City and Liverpool still to play, which you know, I think you can pretty much write after. We've got Burnley twice, Norwich at home and Crystal Palace at home. So there's opportunity to to get some points and move up the table. I mean, we're sitting in 15th, which obviously isn't great. We're only five points off Newcastle in ninth. So you kind of, you look at those teams from ninth to 15th, I think you could put them in any order come yeah. the end of the season and no one would be surprised. It'd be nice to try and finish on the high and we could get a top 10 finish. That that would be be nice and it'd be a good sort of building block to, to re-go in the summer. But um, yeah, no, not really too much to report on this. So, so question on obviously Villa. As you say, season's over. Nothing to really play for. You're not going to make Europe. You're not going to get relegated. Yeah. What would you like from Gerard? Now, would you like to identify how he wants to play and get the players, whether it suits them or not, playing in that formation and at least the ones who he's going to keep and he wants to keep, you know, you basically kind of weed out the ones who can play it and who can't play it? Or would you like to see some youth get played and see who's you know, ready yeah. to step up. Like, what way, what way would you like Gerrard to play with you? Or would you like to just go to your full strength and change to whatever suits per game and get as many points as you can? Um, it's kind of... It's one of those where, where, where you, you sort of take a, a little bit from all of that. I mean, I think he's... What, what he has been doing it, it is sort of trying to stick with, with the one formation, which I get, like, some... From, you, you can argue, well, you haven't got the players to do that, but... We're in a position where we, you, you kind of you've got a bit of freedom to experiment with that. So I'm mm-hmm. I'm happy I'm happy to go ahead with with that. Well, this is how they're going to play, and, and like you said, weed out the ones who cannot do it, um, and and know you know who can play that system. But then with the youth, so the game yesterday, we've got a young eighteen-year-old uh, lad in midfield, Tim Irabunum, who came on for the last ten fifteen minutes yesterday. And I saw an interview uh, with Gerard Afters, and he was asked about him, and he was he said, you know, we we could have uh, we could have brought the camera onto the pitch, we could have uh, you know made other changes, but he's shown that he's ready in training in the last few weeks, and I yeah. want to be able to to give him the opportunity. So I think I think it's a, you, we've got a bit more scope now to maybe give him, and we've got uh, Carly Chukwemeka who hasn't played as much as he probably would like, so yeah. maybe. You know, we've got Norwich at home on Saturday. That's if there's ever a game to maybe you know start one or two of those young lads. That's the type of picture I think you can get away with doing it. So yeah, I'd, I'd like to see one or two given a few minutes between now and the end of the season, just to see if, if they're capable of being involved in the first team next year, or whether you know they need to go out on loan to a Championship club for a year. Yeah, no, I'm always curious to see how fans. We'd think of that. Uh, I mean, Dave, any, anything to bring up on the game? And yeah, what's your thoughts on how how would you like Gerard if, if this was your team to to finish off the season now? Well, I think we said a few months ago um, it's probably time for Gerard to uh, to experiment a little bit because 
they were, they were never in danger of going down. They were never at the European places. And, uh, you know, he tried a few things, like Coutinho playing behind the two strikers, which seems to have been and gone a little bit, because I think from the, the analysis I've read was that teams were just overloading your flanks, basically, because you obviously didn't have any, any wingers tracking back. So um, he's tried a few different things, which I think is probably the right thing to do. Um, I was going to ask Sai really what he thought about, obviously I haven't played for a few weeks until yesterday, but seen a few things on social media about, you know, feeling a bit underwhelmed by how Gerard's done. Um, are you in that camp or are you sort of cautiously optimistic still? Uh, no, I'm so cautiously optimistic. I mean, there's, you know, you look at stuff online and it's always the, the extreme reactions that, that, that you seem to sort of focus on. I mean, there's, there is a, I'm not saying he's immune from criticism. There's things that, that we've got wrong, that he's got wrong. Um, you know, you, you could make the argument that, uh, and I think quite rightly, that he should probably have got a little bit more from from the players that he's got. But then it's one of those as well. You know, there's been some performances where you look at the team he's pitched and you think that's a good team. The players, some, you know, have to take a bit of responsibility themselves. So I, I think, you know, this season, the change of manager, losing you know, the talisman last summer, it's it's not... His group of players. I think. I think next season is when you can properly judge him. Um, you know, he's, he's, you've got to give him a summer to, to properly have a pre-season and, and sort of implement exactly what he wants to do. So, slightly, yeah, slightly annoyed, but in, in certain situations. But sort of, you take a take it in sort of rational context. I'd, yeah, I'd still say that there's there's optimism for, for next season. Well, certainly from my point of view anyway. You've had a, f- a few games in before Gerard came in where you played so well and like Gerard didn't score or you know didn't score enough. Like, was it the Chelsea game quite early on where you absolutely battered them and just yeah. couldn't score? And then obviously they you know, bought a cack on or something and he went wild. Yeah. Um, and then it was the same against Spurs a few weeks ago where you, you could have had four goals by half-time. That's not even you know, over-exaggerating. It was just... yeah. One of those games, so I thought you had, you know, you had two good strikers, but Ings hasn't really hit the hit the ground running, and Watkins is a bit of a bit of a workhorse without the without the end product sometimes. Yeah, do you think no, get, a, get, a, get like a proven centre forward. Yeah, I, I do. To be honest, I've sort of said for for a couple of months now with, with my mates, we've been down the games. I'd be surprised if if uh, they're both still at the club, you know. Maybe one, maybe, but there's no way that we'll start next season with things that Watkins still there. I think, I think he will, he will try and move at least one of the moments and try and bring someone else in. But um, no, you're right. I mean, there's, there's, yeah, there's been we've had those games where we have created loads of chances and just not stuck them away, and then a lot of games that we've lost. It's kind of been just by the odds goal, especially away from home because of a silly mistake and. I think Gerald said after the game yesterday, you, you know, that's our, that was our first nil-nil of the season, first draw away from home. If you get another three or four draws, and we, you know, we'd be sitting in 10th now, so there's it's, it's not, not major surgery, I don't think that's needed, but there is obviously room for improvement. Yeah, a lot of your, as you say, Simon, a lot of your defeats have just been by the odd goal. Um, obviously, even the draw at Leeds, he's got three 0 up in that game, three one up in that game. Yeah, it was probably the bad one thingy. But as you say, a lot of your defeats are, are like two one one nil. As you say, silly mistakes and that. So it's although it kind of looks probably worse than it is, 
But a bit like Dave, I get the. I can see why the underwhelming shouts are there. More so because you just. I feel you're just not seeing Gerard's identity yet. It's like he's not. Yeah. He's waiting for the summer, you know, to to get you know a full preseason and and a transfer. Well, certainly he got January transfer window, but just get his own, almost stamp his own authority on it. You know, this is almost still, you know, Dean Smith's team with with Coutinho coming alone, really. Uh, yeah, exactly. Exactly that. Yeah. So I mean, that's that's why I'm sort of. I'm not in the the pallet mode that a lot of the fans on Twitter certainly <laughs> seem to be in, but. Um, you know, as we all know, Twitter is not a rational space for football fans. To it's fantastic, <laughs> fantastic. I'm not going <laughs> um, Next up might have been the most predictable score of the weekend, gents. Uh, Man City <laughs> five, Watford one. Um, just rinse and repeat from every Man City performance. Uh, just made apart from. Can somebody tell me who decided to pay Gabriel Jesus' wages this week that he turned up to get <laughs> a good striker? <laughs> I know, between Watford getting one, which was unexpected, and Jesus getting four, which was very unexpected. Um, that's his tally for the season done now. That's well, that's it. <laughs> Everything else about this was, uh, was, was, as you say, very, very predictable. Um, Watford's fight wasn't in this fixture. I think they, just, I mean, yeah. they actually had a, had a decent chance. At, was it 1-0 or 2-1 certainly, when Dennis went through and just waited to be tackled for some reason. So <laughs> yeah, I was so going to um, He's... He's one player who was very good under the under Ranieri, um, who doesn't seem to have really hit the heights under under Roy the boy. But um, they're they're running out of games, Watford. Um, and we said this a couple of weeks ago that they've got a now they've got Man City out of the way. They've got a reasonable run coming up, I think, from memory. Yeah, they've got Burnley. They're at home to Burnley on oh. thirty, whatever that is. Um, then they're away to Palace and then at home to Everton. So. Minimum six points needed or gone, really, I'd say. Oh, well, that's it. I mean, what are they now? Nine points adrift? Yeah. Uh, with, with a much worse goal difference. Um, they almost need snookers, don't they? But yeah. all they can do is win, is, is win well, probably four of those games and see where they end up. Leicester and uh, Chelsea are their last two, so. <laughs> well, I mean, by then, Leicester might be in a final. <laughs> uh, and Chelsea will be preparing for the FA Cup final, maybe. <laughs> Yeah, he's been kind, but um, I, I think I think their race is run. If if Burnley weren't picking up weren't picking up points, they might have had a, a chance. But um, well, I hope so because I've not included them in a relegation game at the end. Well, <laughs> I, mean, I mean, they're effectively ten points adrift with fifteen to play for. Um, it's, uh, the is score it, did wonders for Man City's goal difference as well. That's a little bonus for them. Yeah, but I mean, I, I, I think we've, we've said before, I, I don't think Man City are going to drop too many more points before the end of the season. That's before. a good. That's a good line, Dave. You said too many more points. I just <laughs> need them to drop. I just need them to drop one. That's <laughs> just what I, I know. But, but, look, but look, look, look at their games. You're pretty much relying on either us going there in a few weeks and pulling out some sort of masterclass performance. Which I predicted that before, David. If you remember correctly, uh, you, you did. I mean, form-wise, yes. It's, it's it, you know, it, it's possible, but it's unlikely. Um, and then West Ham away, which no, West, no, not why they're in Europe. No, they've got no defenders left now either. So. <laughs> well, I, I have it pinpointed, and it's very much blind optimism. If Man City are going to drop points, it's going to be to you guys who are in the best form, bar Liverpool in the Premier League, mm. uh, and Villa a bit purely on the basis 
Gerard's got this big rowdy seat <laughs> in the last day of the season. Say that I promise none of you will be sold. You can start double <laughs> just, just do something for me uh, in this game. And um, it's going to be nil nil to the last minute and Tyron Mings is going from a corner. Uh, <laughs> all he's going to do is one of your usual 50 yard diagonal passes and he's going to miss hit it and Ederson's going to be standing at the halfway line and it's just <laughs> that's, that's my um, I, I, I admire the blind optimism but like I said in the WhatsApp group earlier if, if it goes down to the last game of the season I'm afraid you're knackered because there's no chance not a chance that we'll go to Man City and get anything from them there, there is always a chance um, always <laughs> But, yeah, look, can you just leave me alone? I'm in such a good mood and you still have a mood for me. Right, we'll come on to the next game, Dave, because this will cheer you up. You'll not be as negative about this one. Um, no. Norwich nil, Newcastle 3. Joe Linton with a couple of goals, which, again, Jesus scored four in one game and Joe Linton scored two in a, the, the game, didn't he? And uh, Bruno, I call him Gomares, but I heard a Newcastle fan call him something ridiculous earlier on. And it might be the right way, but I'm calling him Bruno Gomares. But with uh, with a third goal, I'm fairly, fairly comfortable. 3-0 win here, Dave. Yeah, very, very comfortable in the end. And you know you're in trouble when Jigsaw Joe's going twice past you. It's just, you know, he's he's come on leaps and bounds this season as a midfield player, which no one really saw coming, but um, he still gets in the box once a game and like, falls over or misses or, or both. Um, so he, he played as a, more as a striker here because we gave Chris Wood a break. Um, and Joe Linton was, you know, he took his chances. You can't do fair or not. Um, Norwich are very, very average, if you've been kind, but, well, you know, very poor as a Premier League team. Um, they had a couple of chances which they, you know, they didn't take. Um, and we were, we were fairly clinical, but um, we didn't need to be at our best. But we were able to make four changes from the team that won in midweek as well, which was nice. Nice to be able to rotate the pack a bit and still and still win. Um, I was at the Palace game on Wednesday night, and it was kind of like our our standard performance where we we get a goal um, and then just see the game out very very professional. Um, Palace threw everything at us, Zaha mainly, but. Um, they couldn't couldn't break us down, which is you know very different for us. Um, it's it's a nice change because um, we've been you know given goals away for years now, but apparently yeah. not anymore. Um, I, um, as I mentioned earlier in the in the pod, you know Bruno's far 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 too good to be playing for us. Um, long long may it last. Um, he gets better with every single game he plays for us. Um, he got the two wins Leicester last week. He set up the goal in midweek with a ridiculous sort of, you know, like in a golf shot where you play it with drag, so it, you know, holds up on the on the green yeah. and you chip it on. It's a bit like that, like on the half volley over the top there. But Almiron, who again doesn't normally score, would pick that game to. When you're bend, in, David, <laughs> bend one in the top corner as you do. Um, so as you say, when he looks in, he looks in. You got to enjoy these times. Um, I'm really optimistic for. Next season, and normally we sit here and say, "Oh, that team's doing really well to finish the season off." They'll probably carry that momentum on the next season, and that's us for once. Like it's never happened before, but uh, you know, there's absolutely no reason why we can't finish in the top half next season. Uh, I'm not, you know, I don't think we're going to Europe next season, but the top half and the recent performance in the cups will do me nicely as a progression. Um, Eddie Howe is 
far surpassed any expectations I had. I didn't yeah. think he'd be this good. Um, and like I said earlier, you know, we, we're getting a lot of stick from fans who are generally of clubs who are going to be coming under pressure from us. So, you know, you take a pinch of salt. But um, I saw everyone's favorite Man United fan, Goldbridge, twisting because um, he said it was amazing what billionaire owners could do for a club that was pretty much relegated by Christmas and is now uh, ninth. And, you know, that's where the argument came from that, you know, all right, we've signed a couple of players, but the manager has also improved yeah. pretty, mu- pretty much every player we had uh, already. It's, not exactly, it's what you've spent in the last 10 transfer windows. You well, know, you've balanced it out over <coughs> each window. You've, you've, you've not spent a lot. Well, that's it. And before this January window, the previous two windows saw us sign one player, which was the same player, which was Joe Willem. Which was, <laughs> <laughs> She was on loan in January, and then we made it permanently in August. So we basically stood still. So good for us. Um, exactly. You know, you're right, Ali. We, have, we, we haven't spent like Premier League club for a long time. Um, we spent every now and again to try and save our asses. Or we've, you know, we've bought in a loan, or we've, we've scrimped and saved. and mm-hmm. we, We've got to make up for lost time. So um, I don't really care. I, I'm enjoying that we're actually relevant again, that people are taking time to comment on what we're spending or the fact we take a team photo every time we win which again is a ridiculous thing for people to get upset about you know wh- why wouldn't we show what a unified squad and staff we've got um, and people call it tin pot and people call it pathetic and all this other stuff but I think they just need to mind their own business and we've got their own clubs because well, whatever we're doing it's working um, the whole the atmosphere at every home game is absolutely unbelievable Um and we've always said all we, all we want is a little bit of hope. And we're ninth, and we're going on like this, which you know, I'm quite happy with. Um, if it gets better than this, even better. And if it doesn't, then well, you know, it beats. Yeah, well, that's it. Beats scrapping for relegation every year. So, um, bring it on. And like I say, I reckon we will. We said we're not going to spend you know masses and masses again uh, in, in in the summer. Um, and uh, that's that's fine. You know, I think we can. We can improve various areas of the squad. For you know, we'll spend some money. We'll hopefully have to sell a few as well. With we, squads bloated as it is, but um, we've got enough about us to finish in the top half with a couple of signings. Yeah. Um, and you know, hopefully, hopefully we do just that. But as you say, the likes of Bruno, the return Callum Wilson, the return Trippier. Um, we, we we've got some gears to go through. Yeah, we've done all this without a proper centre forward. Yeah, absolutely. Do you know the most impressive thing, and it's what I love about, because the same people who are complaining about Newcastle spending money to get out of the relegation battle, were the same people who were mocking signing Kieran Trippier, Dan Vaughan and Chris Wood. You know, like, they were mocking the signings. Like, you've got all this money and that's all you can get. It's not, again, I go back to how Man United have tried to resolve their issues and why Liverpool have been so good at what they do. It's identifying the right player for the right system and how you want to play, and, and hats off to Eddie Howe. Eddie Howe's brought in players that he wants to implement a system that he wants to play. And that's how you get... There's not a club in this Premier League who would have looked at Dan Bum and said, that was your answer to you guys play, you know, getting out of the relegation zone. Nobody would have looked at Burnley. I mean, every, the, only, the only positive thing I heard about anybody about Newcastle signing Chris Wood was you were taking him off Burnley. Like, that was the only praise <laughs> that I got for it. But now, you know, it's, uh, let's just... 
oh, it's easy to do it because they threw money at it. It's, it's, it's not about money. Again, uh, Man United are the prime example. Ma- Man City's defence is the prime example. That their reserve defence costs more than most, people, most teams' full 11s. Um, it's, it's about buying right players. doesn't matter how much a player costs. If it's the right player for your system, there is no wrong amount. Well, exactly. Yeah, exactly. And uh, as you say, I mean, Wood, he hasn't been fantastic in terms of goal scoring, but he's given the team a focal point and outlet. Um, and uh, without Wilson, we needed to sign a striker. Uh, yeah. And he had, a, he had a release clause and, you know, probably overpaid generally if you're looking at the price of players. But as you say there, like, if he, if he fits what you need him to do, then, yeah. then nothing else matters. Um so, no complaints from me. Um, I'm looking forward to the summer. I think, again, it's been a long time since we've had a summer where I'm you know, generally optimistic that we'll go out and get players that are better than what we've got and not ones that are just you know, bargain bin signings or players who are available because <laughs> they're coming from like a league that's unfancied and a bit of a gamble. I think we'll go out and get players who who, uh, who will generally improve us uh, and also improve the league as a, as a whole. You know, like good good quality players. A couple more Brunos who are just, you know, that oh, right on the right on Absolutely. the crest of being. Oh, basically, what Newcastle need to do is what um, Southampton were doing, although they, they they reinvested the wrong way. But getting those players who are just not quite ready for the the top tier, but they're just about there. And, well, yeah, but I mean, with, I mean, with Bruno, I mean, without without overacting it, I think he actually could play well, at the at the 100%. very top right right now like I say he's he's ridiculously good at everything like it's not just like he's got no physicality about him I mean you made the point last week that, you know he, he gets stuck in as well he does everything really well yeah. <laughs> like, and that's yeah. just me saying because he's you know man of the moment he, just everything he does is world class uh, and but, he, you know he shouldn't be at us really but, yeah you know, as you say is, the, so. the rumours I've heard whether how true or you know what the internet's like but I think he's got him at the right time during the COVID era <laughs> for what teams were willing to take a gamble on for vaccination purposes. But, I mean, as soon as, like, all the top journalists I'd heard, when you were linked to him, was like, this guy's, you know, top echelon of, of leaks and had could have had offers. So I, I hope to see more of that. For I, I've enjoyed it. I would like somebody to go back through the... The weekend review archives of the last four years, Dave, and see how, see how <laughs> pessimistic you've been for the end of the season. You, you also wanted the season to end, but not restart again. I'm going to enjoy the last four weeks. That sounds about right. Yeah, yeah. and as well, I mean, our, so our four remaining games, we've got Liverpool at home on Saturday coming. Uh, and I mean, I hope you get... Hammer, well, well I, mean, I mean, we probably will. I mean, we saw what Spurs did to us. So I, mean, I mean, I'm under no illusions. We're still a long way away from being, you know, very good. Um, but I think with a, you know, when you're safe and you have nothing to really play for, playing against the best teams is actually ideal because then you can really have a look at, you know, yes. how far away you are, or, you know, how how good you actually are, um, and get a good feel of it. So I'm looking forward to those two games for the first time probably ever. And, you know, we probably will get beat um, in both games, and that's fine. Um, I don't expect to win them. We don't need to win them. Um, but it would be nice just to see how we compete against the very best. I tell you, I, I, I tell you I'll be buying shares in Newcastle if you take a point off saying right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, Dave, I'll, I'll help you as well win that next week. Uh, I mean, Simon, again, you missed last week. and He is full of praise for, for Newcastle and full of joy. I mean, your thoughts on... On Newcastle and how, how it's went for Eddie Howe. <clears throat> yeah, I mean, Dave's summed it up really well there. Obviously, 
when he first went in, there was still, still didn't look particularly great, but, you know, there was obviously, there'd been such a, a bad culture that built at the club and sort of atmosphere over the years. So it was never, you're never going to get a new appointment and take over and all of a sudden within one or two games go, go on a winning run and change it all around. Um, so that was obviously going to take a bit of time. And like you said with the recruitment, they got it absolutely spot on. I mean, I remember doing maybe the first show we did after the transfer window ended and we were talking about like Matt Target and you kind of... I mean, it's not... It's not a sexy signing, is it? It's not something that you get necessarily really excited about. But I remember saying that, you know, I think that's a really good solid signing and it's just what you need. And do, signing people like him, Dan Byrne, Chris Wood, you know, that is exactly what, what Newcastle needed. Yeah, they have the right, the, all the money, but like you said, Danny, it's, it's all about getting the right people in. The worst thing they could have done in January was go and get what I, uh, you know, considered big, Great names from from abroad who would who who don't know the league and wouldn't be right for the situation they're in, which at the time was a relegation battle. You need to get the right people in that 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 know the league that that you can rely on and depend upon. And I would expect them to do the same thing this summer again. Sort of look around at the other teams in mid table. You know, say. There's anyone else from, from Brighton or Southampton, Crystal Palace, that you want to be targeting those players from those type of clubs and sort of improve yourself whilst dismantling the teams that you're in that you're going to be in direct competition with in the league next season. So that has been um, it's really impressive. I, I I didn't necessarily see it coming just because it's. There was such like a, a rotten feeling around that club, but mm-hmm. it, we we kind of we I think we'd all said, uh, you know, from the moment the takeover happens, they need to as long as come January they're still in a competitive position and they make the right sort of clever signings, they'll get out of it. It's exactly what happens, and so yeah, it should be um should be should be an exciting an exciting summer for Newcastle and. They can go for once for the first time in feels like forever. You can go into next season with a real sense of optimism and not thinking, you know, crisis is going to be the year that that, that we drop. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it's going to be a it's going to make it for both few teams, in fact, to be fair, because I think Villa will spend again. Both owners, obviously, taking it to a personal level for the podcast. I think both sets of owners are now going to be well. We know about Villa owners in general, so they're very ambitious, and, and obviously Newcastle's coming in. Well, not going to spend, as you say, Dave. They're not going to just throw money at it. It's still going to be exciting again for yourselves to know that you know if there's a player that your manager wants and there's a, a purpose for it. There's a good chance that they're going to at least make an attempt to get it. So I, I think we're in for a very exciting summer here. Um, here on the podcast anyway, rival fans might not think the same, but at least <laughs> enjoy ourselves. Uh, last up on the Saturday, boys, was what I had tipped for the game of the weekend. Turns out we're going to spend about two minutes on it. Um, <laughs> Spurs nil. The only thing I've got written down is Spurs had no shots on target, which is atrocious. Second week in a row as well. Yeah. Spurs being Spurs, isn't it? No, because they've kept clean sheet. <laughs> <laughs> normally when they throw out that sort of performance, normally there's like a you know, a stupid goal they'll concede, but 
Um, they, they they kept a clean sheet by the skin of their teeth. Ivan Tony that header right at the end of the post and then the rebound <laughs> to the side netting. They 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 really shouldn't have come away with anything from that game. You know, Brentford. I, as I was watching the game yesterday, I thought, I thought Brentford actually looked pretty decent. To be fair, yeah, they really did. Yeah, so yeah, no, it's just what we said, Dave. The last few weeks, haven't we? Just Tony coming back and their, what's their goal? Is it Rhea, their goalkeeper? Yeah, yeah, him coming back from injury as well. Not that I think he's up to too much, you know. He's 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 all right, but he's be- he's definitely better than their backups. You know what I mean? <laughs> um, and I think that's and again, Tony. I, I'm not sure I've been that impressed with Tony since the first five games, but clearly his impact being there definitely helps more than when he's not. A hundred percent. Uh, we've actually been linked pretty heavily with, with bringing Ivan Tony back to uh, to Newcastle, which Ooh. which will be interesting. Um, obviously, going to have to pay a lot more from than we've got from, but it's, you know, not really our concern right now. But <laughs> want to keep an eye on anyway. But um, he, he makes a big difference to them because I was saying really, you know, he's a talisman. Um, and Ericsson, who we obviously spoke about at, at length. Um, He's, you know, he's far too good still um, to be playing for, to play for Brentford. A bit like Bruno with ourselves, you know, he's, he's obviously of a higher level than uh, than a you know lower mid-table Premier League club. Um, and it sounds like in the summer he will have a lot of options to go elsewhere, um, including Man United and Tottenham. By the sound of it, so yeah, um, we have to wait and see how that, how that pans out. But um, I think we all. Or said that if Brentford stay up, which they obviously are going to stay up now, it'll be interesting to see what happens next season. We're going to try and do it all again. We've seen loads of clubs go through sort of second season syndrome. Um, and if they lose, certainly one of, if both of those two, then uh, <laughs> I don't think they'll be staying up next season. But that's all a lot of ifs and buts. Yes, no, I 100% agree. Um, anything to mention on the game? Any years or will we just move on to Sunday? Spurs were rubbish, like really bad. Um, <clears throat> every bit as bad as they were last Saturday. Um, just they didn't get the sting in the tail this time, whereas they uh, obviously did last weekend. Um, their wheels have fallen off at the wrong time. I've just read tonight that Ponte might be going to PSG because um, yeah, they, they desperately want rid of Pochettino for winning the league. It hasn't I thought it now it could be completely wrong, but I I had seen a tweet earlier that Poch has been sacked this evening. I, I, I think uh, is, it, is it is it get French football news, GFFN were reporting that the Le Parisien Right. Whatever that is. Saying Pochettino's gone and they want Conde to go in. Or rather Conde offered his services. Like right. which I think is a bit a bit stupid of him. Like I mean I know he loves the coin, but like You've only just got into top, um, and it's not like the PSG jobs. Like you're not going to prove anything by going there, are you? No. <laughs> like that's why it's, it's perfect it's, for somebody like Conte now, who's got nothing to prove, isn't it? Well, that's true. Um, I mean, he said in his interviews before as well. Like, he's obviously realised how big the job is at Tottenham, and he's desperately trying to get out of it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's tried everything. Even like the best one was after he lost to Burnley. He was like. Well, you know, if you don't think this is right, just sack us now. It's like, at least walk away. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. don't, don't actively ask to be sacked just because you, 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 you don't fancy the job. <laughs> uh-huh. 
Yeah, it, it's going to be a, another summer of turmoil for Spurs, I believe. Is Kane out of contract this year? Does he have one more year? Oh, goodness knows. Things. He didn't sign a new contract, did he? There's not... Um, no, did he sign one? No, I don't think he didn't, did he? He, uh, yeah. he just decided he was going to stay because he didn't go. Um, yeah. And then did nothing for a while, and then now he's back. Turned up five games, then back to <laughs> uh, I, I don't know. Like, it's just a mess, isn't it? But At least he enjoyed the Masters when he was there. That's fine. <laughs> <laughs> um, right, let's just move on to Sunday. Um, Brighton scored some goals, which is uh, maybe the first time we've said this in the podcast. Uh, and Danny Welbeck scored a goal. Uh, Brighton 2, Southampton 2, Sai. Yeah, I mean, even when Brighton go 2-0 up, they, they're still not satisfied unless they've come away from the game with only one point on board, it seems. <laughs> I mean, they, they, if, there's a, if there's ever a team that love to draw, it's, like, it's Brighton without a doubt. I mean, I don't know. Yeah, well, what can you say about them? I mean, they're, they're just they're just a really odd team. Um, to go two 0 up against Southampton, who can be a decent team, but they they can be quite flaky as well. And it's uh, I think probably that goal back on the strike at half time really sort of gave Southampton the the bit of a fillip to go and get get a point in that second half. I think if that's two 0 at half time, I'd say Brighton would have probably seen it out. But if you're going to be foolish enough to give away a free kick within 30 yards of goal against Southampton, you, you <laughs> seem you're going to get punished through James Ward-Prowse. And the only shock was that, not that his second goal was a belting goal as well, but that it came from open play. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, they're, Brighton and Southampton, it's, it's probably no surprise that that game finished a draw because they are the, the two of the most oddest teams I think sometimes <laughs> to watch in that they can both be both brilliant and crap at the same time yeah, yeah. all in the same 90 minutes <laughs> yeah it's, it's, it's absolutely they're sitting alongside each other in the league with the exact same number of points as well Davis James Ward-Prowse a player just born in the wrong era I, I just feel 90s early 90s football James Ward-Prowse <laughs> the best thing that's around yeah, well, as I've said many times in this pod, like you know, fantastic player, but what system does he fit in? Like you can't ever imagine him going to a, um, you know, a, a bigger and better club because where, where on earth do you play him? <laughs> he, uh, uh, it, it's a, it's a difficult one because his, his set piece delivery is obviously unbelievable and worth presumably fifteen or twenty goals a season if you factor in you know corners and things which he's been involved in. So um, today's free kick was a bit strange, wasn't it? It, it kind of like mm. went. Went low, but over the wall at the same time. Under the wall, I don't. I don't really know. Like, <laughs> he's a magician, isn't he? From uh, he, thirty oh, yards out, he absolutely is. I mean, he obviously flummoxed Roger Sanchez, whatever he's called. Because I mean, that was. I don't rate him either, by the way. The Brighton goalkeeper. So, I know. He's, I know he's played for Spain somehow, but like, I've never seen him have a good game. Like he's just like, <laughs> like here is our biggest man. So we're going to put him in goal, but he still plays football. But he's just our biggest man, and he can, <laughs> and that's that's all I've got about him. Like he doesn't fill me with confidence at all. Sorry, anything, anything to add on what Dave said? It's it's one of those games. You see, they're both teams just being themselves. They're just they're so erratic. Yeah, I mean, I I'd, I'd suspect that 
between now and the end of the season, they, the two of them and their remaining fixtures will, will probably gather up a few more draws as well. They're, they're just sort of, they're just there now, aren't they? Between now yeah. and the end of the season, just to make up the numbers for some games. Yeah, they're just yeah fulfilling fixtures now, aren't they? Um, right, next up is a team who certainly aren't fulfilling fixtures anymore. Uh, Burnley won Wolves now. Wolves are certainly just, they're another very, very odd team, but another massive three points for Burnley. Um, our, our guest host last week, um, no appearance tonight, strangely enough, which we'll come on to, but it's not been a great week for, for the old Everton and a, a massive week for Burnley, which Dave, we said they needed to have. Yeah, I think there's. And they've taken seven points in a week, which is. Yeah. Double what they took. <laughs> well, I, I think we all thought the same thing, which was if you're going to sack Sean Dyche, bring in someone or have someone ready to come in, not your under 23s manager, assisted by Ben Mee. And, <laughs> uh, and yet, somehow. <laughs> I mean, you have to say it, it's galvanised the players. I mean, you have to wonder, you know, had the. Had they had a fallout with Daesh? Had you know, has Ben Mee gone to the chairman and said this is like poisonous now or something? I, I don't know. Like it, it just seems totally chalk and cheese. And where they were yeah. ten days ago, um, they given themselves an you know an unbelievable chance of staying up. Um, Dwight McNeil looks like he's been reborn, having been out of se- out of form all season. I was watching the highlights today, and he was just slalom around defenders like they weren't there. Didn't yeah. score, but you know tried um, so yeah it's um, it's an unexpected turn of events for Burnley who you know they've got Watford away next week yep um, which you know they've got a fan I mean, you know biggest can't be choose with five games to go you've got second bottom to play you've got to fancy your chances there um, and I think they've got your boys twice there is that right that's correct yeah which again you know no winning five or six games for yourselves you know yeah if you're Burnley, you've got to be thinking, well, aye. Gerard's any respect about them whatsoever. Oh, he'd be fielding the under threes. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like come on down for six points. <laughs> um, but they got as well, I'm sure we'll come on to this, but all this is reeling Leeds back in. Um, and bearing in mind, Leeds are taking ten points in the last four games, and they're still yeah. now on the cusp of being sucked into the relegation battle again. Thank goodness they sacked Bielsa when they did, from their point of view, or else they would be uh, they'd be right in the sh- in the, uh, the relegation zone. So it's funny how it works out, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, sorry, were we wrong on Deitch? <laughs> What's he the issue? <sighs> I mean, no, I, I, I don't think you said that he he was like a major issue because you could have you could still see Burnley winning against Palace at home and or was it Palace at home they played during the week and um, uh, against Wolves today I, I, I don't know it's just probably they just needed a bit of to be regalvanised didn't they and I mean obviously they, they've got themselves right back in it now to I think get, getting out of that bottom three at this stage of the season psychologically that's that's such a big shift um, I mean, obviously, Everton have got the game in hands, but to be two points clear of the relegation zone, I'd rather have the points from the boards than the game in hands at this stage of the season down the bottom end of the table. So, and sort of like um, what Dave said there, you, you look through their fixtures and it's, it's like the worst run of games, you know, five games to end the season is com- compared to some of the teams around them. You know, you touched on Leeds there. 
they've their game against Crystal Palace tomorrow night has now become absolutely massive. If they go and win there, then then I'd say that, you know they'll be fine. We'll come to that later. But um, <laughs> no, yeah, I mean, on Burnley, absolutely massive week for them. Like you say, that that game now, their, their next one against Watford, you know, they, they had Norwich a few weeks ago after they beat Everton, a few days after they beat Everton, and, and when they lost at Carrow Road, obviously in Deutsch's yeah. last game. So there's still work to be done, but God, they put themselves in a the brilliant position now. Yeah, I mean, like, Dave, you said it when you started off on the whole Deitch thing. Uh, I, I still find the sacking of Deitch strange, which is weird, because obviously, currently, they've been right to do so. More the timing of it, like, why didn't they do it a couple of games before? Because they'd lost a few stinkers in a row, and, and it was strange, as you say, they're just not having that man in place. It just felt, I don't know, just, it was almost like last row, that, you know what, bugger it, just, just go, um... And we'll just try something else because it was like, well, what what worse could happen? Well, that's why I was just speculating, you know. Had as have the players said, you know, enough's enough. Um, it makes sense. It's probably the only sensible option we've heard. Because they all went as well. It wasn't just Dice. It was his assistant, and we say the keeper coach and whoever else it was. You know, they've, yeah. they've cleared out the the main first team coaches, I think. And obviously, it's the the, clear. It's I know. No, I know he's injured, but like I just. Strikes me as being like, oh, well, all right, you do better. <laughs> but um, I mean, whatever it is, it's worked. Um, yep. And uh, they've now, I say that they're actually favourites to stop now in my eyes. I, I know Evan, as you say, got the game in hand, but momentum, um, momentum's with them. Yep. Um, Leeds have got obviously Palace tomorrow night, which ah, we played Palace in midweek, and they were they just didn't want to be there for the most part. Like they they, they didn't really offer an awful lot. Um, it might be different from their own fans. We said before, you know, when when, when that Palace crowd get going, it is quite a quite a place to try and yeah. you know try and get a win. You know, it's quite quite uh, quite difficult. But will it be as as up for a game against Leeds at home as they were against you know an Arsenal or whoever else? Like probably not. So um, we'll see how that plays out. But I think Leeds got a the host Man City next weekend, which is uh, which is huge for both ends of the table. So. <laughs> Absolutely. Say, I've got all the fixtures here, so we'll get a get a little prediction from from all three of us, and we'll see if we can see what points we actually give for a lot of the teams. Because as you say, Burnley are favourites to stay up, and when you, when I read out these fixtures as we go through, you it's quite easy to see why. <laughs> um, next up, we had almost a meaningless game, especially when the the team lineups came out. Um, Chelsea won West Ham nil. I've seen a lot of sick West Ham and Moyes were getting for you know resting a couple of players like especially Rice in this game. But I can't be the only who thinks that this game should have been almost like a throwaway to West Ham because midweek oh. is much more important. Absolutely, ten thousand percent. Like as soon as Arsenal yeah. won yesterday, that was Moyes out of rest even more. Like they have got two a two-legged semi-final to play. Yeah, and the the three games away from the Champions League. And their favourites, I believe, as well, for, for the trophy, are they not, at the moment? I don't know about that, but I mean, you'd fancy them against certainly Rangers if, got the, if they get through the final. Well, I mean, it's I don't, Czech Rangers, isn't it, in the semi-final, and West Ham have Frankfurt, is that right? Yeah, I mean, I mean 
Leipzig, obviously, were playing Champions League football earlier in the season. I, I would probably have them as favourites overall, but um, as I said to you last week, like I, I don't think the Bundesliga is that good. No. Um, other than Bayern Munich, I mean, we saw like, Rangers knocked out Dortmund. Like Dortmund is oh. second. You know, I mean, it's it's obviously there's some good players there. I don't get us wrong, but it's not. I don't think anywhere near as, as strong as the Premier League. Um, I know it's the hipsters' league of choice a lot of the time, but uh, I, I don't think it's that strong. Certainly not defensively. It's been good going forward. It's you know decent, but uh, I think West Ham would turn over Frankfurt. The only downside for them is that um, they're down to one centre back, which is Craig Dawson, and Dawson's been unreal, like far far better. Well, they got a two-minute rest, there, but um, I tell you what. I mean, obviously, Diop and Zoom are injured, and Ogbon is out long term. Next weekend, obviously, Dortmund will be banned. They've got Arsenal. Um, I, I don't know who they'll play centre half. They have none of their four centre halves available, so that'll be interesting. Yeah, I mean, Simon, much to to add on to this. Um, yeah, as I say, just felt like a meaningless game, like. Chelsea yeah. are looking forward to, to Thursday night. Yeah, exactly. I mean, yeah, Chelsea are going to finish third. And I, I think everyone's known Chelsea are going to finish third probably since from September, October time. West Ham, you know, had, had the valiant go out being competing for a top four spot, but that's, that's obviously clearly gone. So, yeah, it's just, yeah it's, I think it was a game that, that both teams probably could have, could have done without, to be honest. Chelsea... All they care about now is obviously going to try and win the FA Cup final. And West Ham, doesn't matter. I think they're hopefully probably fussed now about where they finish in the league because all their concentration is going on that the Europa League campaign. So, and the, the, to be honest, the only thing I've seen from this game is the goal and it's that ridiculous Jorginho penalty. Yeah, I'm glad a goalkeeper finally just stood up to the penalty. Yeah. <laughs> because it's the easiest penalty in the world to save if you're just brave. Yeah, <laughs> that's it. Like even Pickford caught on to that in the shootout in the Euros, where he's like, he obviously just realised if he stood still long enough, Jorginho would have to try and pass a ball from a standing position into one of the corners. So. <laughs> right on, somebody with a bit of intelligence. Um, yeah, good luck to West Ham on Thursday. Um, hope Chelsea get pumped in the cup final. Funnily enough. <laughs> <laughs> Last up was the Merseyside derby. I-, I missed the first half, but it sounded like it was absolutely atrocious. Um, and then Jurgen Klopp just got fed up of 11 men behind the ball so decided to play 4-2-4 for the, for the last half an hour and when I say 4-2-4 I really mean 2-2-6 uh, <laughs> Robertson and Trent basically playing as wingers as well uh, Robertson with a, his first goal at the Klopp end which I found surprising um, and then this is Again, I, I hope Klopp was asked about this. I didn't watch any more thingy, and Carragher brought it up. Origi hasn't been near our team for months. can't remember the last kick of the ball he had. Yet, he's the first sub on against Everton, purely because it's the only game he turns up in. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, Everton just sounded like they tried to kill the game in the first half, and, and rightly so, but they just had no answer whatsoever once Liverpool went one up. No, it was just a matter of time, wasn't it? As soon as that goal came, um, you, you knew that a second one was probably going to come along. I mean, like you say, Everton, that was probably the only way that they could have tried to play and set up to, to have any chance of getting anything. 
Um, I mean, yeah, Liverpool are just so relentless at the moment in such good form. And when you've got goats like Dibba Karevi to, to, call, to call on, you know. I've got a bad word to say about him. You can't, you can't <laughs> even bite me into saying a bad word about him. No, I mean, to be honest, I, I, I've, I'm not quite Chris's loving level with the Rigi, but I've always thought that he's, he's a decent enough player. Um, and, uh, yeah, he just came up with the goods again today. But, yeah, I mean, Everton, they're, they're in real, real trouble, as we sort of touched upon already. I think going into that game as well, knowing that they're in the bottom three, just, just put that added pressure on them and, the first half they they gave it a reasonable go in terms of being trying to make it a scrappy game yeah. and try and keep you know get Liverpool out of their rhythm. But as soon as the changes were made, I mean, I think I'm sure everyone watching it knew full well how that how that game was going to finish and that it wasn't going to be nil nil. Yeah, Dave, ninety six completed passes for Everton, two completed <laughs> passes for their centre midfielder, which were both they. Kick-ins, like uh, centres. Um, 17% possession. As many Not as great, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know, I mean, they obviously can't play a certain way. Um, and it's funny, like, in the first half, they probably had the better chances, because obviously you couldn't really make a chance because of just the sheer yeah. weight of numbers, but they had a few breakaways where they, you know, Decorio shot wide and there was a couple of penalty shots. Anthony Gordon might be the most punchable face in the Premier League at the minute. Like, <laughs> What the, he's like a wasp. He's just everywhere, like being a nuisance. Like, uh, very, very annoying little man. Um, they got what they deserved. I hate when teams. I mean, you know, I'm sure we'll do it and probably have done it recently. But I just can't stand when teams come with the intention of just spoiling the game. Um, and some of the time we were in that first half, and you know, with Charleston in particular, was just, 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 just. It's awful for, for the neutral to watch. It obviously doesn't help, but like Everton could have done with a win today. I know they played for a point. Lampard obviously took the Mourinho team talk from you know every big game Chelsea ever played during his time there <laughs> uh, and tried to apply that. But um, I tell you, who was good when he came on. Luis Diaz. He oh. he, he made oh. fantastic. Oh. Just absurd, like absolutely absurd. But he was very good, very direct. Um, you know, Mane wasn't really on it. Um, so for him to come off before the hour mark was a big call, but fundamentally, Klopp got a spot on. He made the change at the right time, and the two subs obviously combined for the second goal um, and were involved in the first goal. So um, another feather in Klopp's cap, but um, it's a type of game where, you know, a team who, a team who, who wins as, as frequently as Liverpool do is the type of game you expect them to find a way to win, and you know you very rarely don't find a way to win that sort of game, um, which is why you know you're so good. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. It's, it's the first time Klopp's really changed from his four-three-three and what feels like months as well. Obviously, because the four-three-three has always worked, but even you know when it's not, he's he, he's been a bit stubborn to try and maybe change personnel but keep the same system. Whereas today, he just realised, oh, wait a minute, they're not going to try and attack us. Let's just yeah. get numbers, numbers on. And, and obviously with Trent and Robertson, just so far forward most of the game, because Van Dijk can really do it all on his own. I mean, we again, I, I take it back to my United, is the reason Liverpool can play such a line is because Alisson's so good at coming off his line. And Van Dijk's so flaming quick 
that we don't really need anything else. We can afford to play just two set of halves and say, right, the rest of you is just kind of got on with it. So, um, yeah, that, that was nice to see. Not that it's like an old FIFA tactic, you know, if you get a beat for your foul, let's just all, all, all out attack and hope for the best. Um, <laughs> but, you know, it worked and it's another three points in the bag. And like, even if we don't win the league, uh, it's just exciting. Must be exciting for a neutral, you know. I think on Saturday, if we beat Newcastle, I think we have the half 12 kickoff day, weren't we? Yep. Um, so if we beat you, we go back top of the league, and then Man City have got to to beat us. Not that they care, not that Liverpool care, that matters. You know, both teams know they've just got to win, but for fans, it just makes it exciting that it's going to go down to you know, down to the wire. And I, I'm loving every minute of it, which is unusual for me, who anybody listens to me in this podcast. <laughs> um, we've obviously got the game to talk about tomorrow night, but I'm going to include that, obviously, in our little game. So, quick... Quick thoughts on obviously Man City. I've got Madrid on Tuesday. Uh, How how do you see it going, Dave? Uh, Is it up Man City or is it up Real Madrid? Man City at home first leg, yeah. (sighs) I think they will find it tough because Real Madrid have got just that kind of savviness, shall we say, that Man City have lacked in recent, well, in their entire history, really, of of winning, you know, the biggest European ties. Yep. Um, And Benzema's on another level at the minute, so I think it might be one one each or something like that. But um, it, it won't be, you know, it won't be over. There'll be there'll be an, an interesting second leg to come. Very say. Yeah, I see it similarly. Really, I don't, I, I don't think I don't think anything will be will be decided in this first leg. It'll all be about that that second one in in Madrid because I mean both. It's one of those that obviously Man City. We all know how good they are, but like David said, they're about Real Madrid. There's just something about them in in Europe that you, you can just you can never discount them, and they've they've, they've got that know-how and Karen Benzema as well. You've you've just got a, a world-class centre forward who you can get a goal out of nothing. So I think you'll be be a tight affair on the, on the Tuesday because neither team will want to risk knackering themselves before the you know the, before the second leg even begins. Yeah, I think Man City need. A couple of goal advantage in this one, I really think. As you say, Dave, they just they, they bottle it in the Champions League. Um, really, is what it comes out of. And I think the pressure of being at the Bernabeu uh, with, with with that many Madrid fans um, <laughs> in that city in a competition that's basically theirs. They own the Champions League. Um, I think it'll be tough going to the Bernabeu next week or the week after if it's two weeks under here. Uh, Wednesday night, I'll come to you first. I uh, Liverpool are at home as well. Uh, first to Villarreal. Yeah, I mean, I I would expect Liverpool to win and win with relative comfort. But having said that, I think I, I think after the the quarterfinals in the BT studio, they they were very sort of almost sneering and dismissive of 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 Villarreal providing any sort of challenge to Liverpool. And whilst I, as I said, I'd expect Liverpool to be fairly comfortable and get through that tie. You don't get to a semi-final of the European Cup without being a decent team. You don't put Bayern Munich out over two legs without being a decent team. So, as it's, in Liverpool, I, aren't complacent, which I've no reason to suggest that they would show any complacency, then I would expect them to probably win maybe by two or three goals. Uh, Dave? Yeah, I think you'll see a similar game to what you saw today, to be honest. Yeah. I think, uh, you know, Emery's 
got the knack of playing two-legged football. He's very, very good at opening what severe win. Uh, Cody Europa League under him, I think. Yeah. Um, I'm not saying they're, uh, you know, going to be the next champions of Europe, but again, a bit like West Ham, you know, they're three games away from doing so. Um, yeah. It's kind of like now or never, isn't it? Um, and as Sarah says, you don't be buying Munich over two legs if you're not, uh, you're not good. And you're not going to Juventus as well, so, um, so if, uh, they've got a bit of form, shall we say. Yeah, fair. I think the tie's over after Wednesday. I think it'll be a 3-1 win. Very similar to Benfica. I think this tie will be over at Anfield, um, where Liverpool can almost cruise in the second leg, because we will score there as well. So it'll just be a case of not being anything stupid. And if we're going to do it stupid, wait till the tie's over again. Like the <laughs> you'll wait till it's later on. Uh, last game that we'll cover before we play our little relegation game. Yeah, Man United are at home to Chelsea on Thursday, Simon. Um, I, I'm going to go for Chelsea. I know that they're not really playing for much in the Premier League now, but United are just such a mess that it's, it's, it's difficult to back them in any game at the moment. So I'll go for a comfortable Chelsea 2-0. Dave? Um, I mean, I wasn't really that impressed with Chelsea today. Um, I mean, I haven't been impressed with my net for a while, but, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if it's a draw. Like, neither team really cares that much, I don't think. Yeah, that's, that's the my thoughts as well. Might be a very, like, dull affair, sort mm. of thing. Um, yeah. I was going to say that's the last game, but I suppose but West Ham are at home to Frankfurt and Leicester at home to Roma. I'm not caring about Rangers, I'm not talking about them. Um, <laughs> do we think... Well, how, how do we feel both will fare? Uh, Dave, we'll come to you first. I think, I think West Ham will win over two legs, but um, I, I think it'll be close. Hey, Simon? Yeah, I would back West Ham, but I, I suppose just a lot of what we were talking about, the lack of defenders. Yeah. Could, that, 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 that's the one real sticking point. That could be an issue, but I mean, did I drop... Would you drop Declan Rice back into the defence, or no? Is that taking so much out? I think he's, I think it's too important in the middle of the park. Yeah, he's, he he is the especially in this Europe. If I'm not mistaken, hasn't he won games on his own in this game, like in this competition, like huh. and clawed them back in? Well, probably, like, and he certainly did in the FA Cup. It was like they were like second to be knocked out by a non-league team in the FA Cup until he decided yeah. he had other ideas. I mean, that's. You know, <laughs> How good he can be. He's definitely, he's changed my opinion. I, I thought he was a bit overrated, you know, just, you know, that typical English, as soon as a player's good, he's all of a sudden world class, but, you know, he's shut me up. He's, he's, he's probably England's best midfielder by, by, by a fair bit right now. Um, so, yeah, fair play to him. Right, let's finish off with this relegation run in. So, I've got the fixtures here. So, I will go through each game, and if you give me, Obviously, just Leeds, Burnley, Everton, just three points, one point, and no points. So basically, just give me the result for them. Uh, right, Dave, I'll come to you first on Leeds. So Leeds are playing tomorrow night. Uh, they are away to Crystal Palace. Uh, one point. One point for a draw. And Sai? Uh, no points. And no points for me as well. I think Palace will, I think Palace will take that. Uh, next up, so on the 30th of the 1st of May slash weekend, so we'll go to Leeds first on this weekend. We the, They're at home to Man City. Uh, Sai first. Yeah, no points. Dave? Nah, zero. Yeah, zero as well for myself. Same weekend, Burnley are at home to Aston Villa. Uh, Dave? Oh, um, Burnley. Three. 
And Simon? Yeah, three for Burnley. I've got no faith. <laughs> yeah, it's a clean, it's a clean sweep for Burnley there. And um, in the same weekend, Everton at home to Chelsea. Uh, si? Um I think they might nick a point there. Point, Dave? Uh, yeah, point. No point. Uh, well, I'll let you guess what I'm predicting. <laughs> uh, no point. And, uh, next up, the weekend after. Yeah, it's the full week after. We have Leeds are away to Arsenal, Dave. <laughs> Zero. Zero points. And Simon? Zero. I'm going to give Leeds a point here. Although it's, it's hard. Under Bielsa, I would have gave them three slash one points. I don't know. I just think under Jesse Marks, they might be able to sneak one. Did they do Chelsea? So Burnley don't have a game that week, so we'll miss that. Um, how does that work? Have we right. missed out Burnley's game against Watford on Saturday? You're right. How did we miss that? Yeah, right. Okay, Burnley at Watford first, boys. Burnley win. Yeah. Ah, you see him. It's kind of three points. And we're all giving them three to mm. Aston Villa. Palace, Man City, give them a point to Arsenal. That's fit. yeah, it's that's all right, we're sorted now. Uh, so Chelsea as I say, Burnley have no game that week and then Everton have Watford that week. Uh, Dave, we'll come to you first. Uh, Everton will win that one. Is that Goodison Park, that one? Uh, hold on here, I've messed up. <laughs> the Aston Villa, hold on, Burnley Aston Villa, mm-hmm. right? Burnley Watford, then Burnley Aston Villa. So, no, Everton have got Leicester that week, sorry, that uh, Burnley are playing Villa. Uh, Dave, I'll come to you on that one. They're away um, to Leicester, sorry. Yeah, we'll give, we'll give them a point. Give them a point. Uh, Simon? Um, yeah, go on. We'll, we'll give them a point for that. Mm, no, I'm going to give them no points on that one. <laughs> but, uh, uh, hang on. Right, then we have the... Right, so Leeds-Chelsea Leeds after that. Leeds are at home to Chelsea. Uh, Simon? Uh, Chelsea win. Zero points. Dave? Uh, yeah, nothing for Leeds there. Oh, you aren't, you aren't giving Leeds anything here, are you? Uh, I'm not giving them any in this one either. But <laughs> it's, a, it's a tough old season for Ross finishing this. <laughs> um, Chelsea, yeah. So that's the game that obviously Burnley haven't got anybody. And then it's Everton Watford, um, Dave. Yeah, Everton will win that. Yes, I. Yeah, Everton will get that. Yeah, I think that's that's the game that they. It's, it's almost a must win for that one for them. Um, right, next up we have Leeds versus Brighton. Leeds are at home here, Sai. Um, yeah, I, I think Leeds will win that one. Leeds will win. Dave. Yeah, I think they will. I mean, by the time that game comes round, if the fixtures have gone the way we've gone, they'll be desperate to win that. So. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to give them a point just because what we said, side Brighton are just draw specialists. Mm. Um, then Burnley that weekend are away to Tottenham Hotspur. Uh, Dave? 
Nah, nothing there. Nothing there. Jay? Yeah, I'm, good. I'm going against my instincts for Spurs to be Spursy and say, yeah, they'll get nothing, but it really wouldn't surprise me if they did, though. Yeah, I think no, I think Spurs will probably be on like another purple patch for them, sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and they'll not get anything out of that. Uh, and then that weekend, Everton are at home to Brentford, Si. I'll give them a point in that one. Dave? I think Brentford will be on the beach by then, so we'll give Everton the three. Yeah. Um, I'm torn. I'm between one and three, so I'm going to go one. Um, and hope for the best that Ericsson decides that he's still off at war in that game. Um, right, next up. So Leeds have no game on the 19th. And then Burnley are away to Aston Villa, Dave. Oh, um, I think they'll all win that. No points for Burnley. Aye? Yeah, I agree. I, I think we'll beat them at home. I think it'll be a draw. I think Burnley will sneak a point. Because if not Jenner, not really a Liverpool fan. Um, <laughs> and Everton are at home to Crystal Palace, Simon. I think they'll win that. I think Palace, I don't know if the FA Cup finals around that time. So, yeah, I think Everton will win. I mean, Palace won't be in it regardless. Oh, God, gotcha. they're not even in yeah. it. Oh, it's it's like, <laughs> Liverpool has got different opponents. <laughs> <laughs> I just love to take that Saturday. Love to take a weekend off to watch the cup final. <laughs> <laughs> this, this could have been us if we just didn't tell. <laughs> Dave, Everton's pass. Uh, I think Everton, three. Three points again. Mm. Good Everton, show. Apparently I've got more points than I've got the rest of the season in Dave's list. <laughs> uh, Palace for me, I just, yeah, I just, I don't know, I just feel Palace should be higher than they are for the amount of praise we give them, but. Uh, last games of the season, boys. Leeds are away to Brentford, Dave. Oh, I can't imagine how annoyed Russell will be if Brentford relegates. Let's go with a draw. Go with a draw. Uh, si? Yeah, same. I think it'll be a draw. Yeah, I've got, I've got the same. Um, Dave, Burnley, Newcastle, which was a relegation decider a few months ago. Oh, I know. <laughs> Uh, yeah, at St James's as well. No, it's at Burnley. It's at Turf Moor. Oh, um, no, I hope so. Yeah, yeah, you're right. It's uh, I think we'll put a draw. Draw. Right. Um. Yeah, I'll go with the draw. I'm going to go for a win to Burnley, just purely on the basis it's at home, last game of the season. I know, I keep thinking, like, if, they, if they've got to win and we don't have to win, and they're, like, bombarding our box with the cross after cross. Yeah. Can't imagine uh, we'll care that much after <laughs> after, like, <laughs> after, after hours of that. <laughs> uh, right then, Si, last up for the last fixture of the of the season. Everton are away to Arsenal. Oh, they'll lose that, definitely. Uh, Dave? Yeah, yeah, it's hard to class to Arsenal, though. Uh, same. Right, so I have given Leeds three points. <laughs> I've given Burnley ten points, and I've given Everton four points. So I'll assume with that, so Everton will finish on 33, so they're pretty much down. The fact that Leeds are on 33 at the moment. Um, 
Burnley will be on 41, so I've definitely overcooked them because there is not a chance. <laughs> um, and Leeds end up on 36. Um, Dave has given Leeds five points, so they will finish on 38 in Dave's. Uh, Burnley, seven points, so we'll also finish on 38. Mm-hmm. And Everton and Dave's list will get 11, which means Everton will stay up. And depending on the score predictions... Uh, oh. <laughs> let Burnley decide that they're goal machines <laughs> uh, Burnley will be down and Leeds and Everton will stay up I don't know, I mean, at the minute Burnley are 14 goals better off than Leeds so it's going to oh, take no, sorry, the other way around, yeah, sorry, I was reading that the other way around my minus maths weren't tallied up there Sai <laughs> uh, uh, has given Leeds 4 points so again, they will finish on 37 he's given Burnley 7 He'll give them 38. So at the minute, Leeds are going down. And he has given Everton 9. So they will be on 38. So they will stay up. So Leeds will be going down. Mm, uh, so, so we've all got Leeds going down. Except no, you. You've yeah. got Everton going down. <laughs> <laughs> so um, it was nice podcasting with you guys because soon as Ross hears this, um, so we're either going solo, boys, or <laughs> you better get your grubber letter into Ross right now. Um, yeah, look, it'll make for an interesting running. It'll be interesting to see how these how these games go. Um, sick of talking about the top four. That's why I've not done that because I, I feel like Arsenal. You well, you're not going to change the Arsenal, Dave. I looked stupid picking Man United last week, and. Um, Simon didn't want to join us anyway so uh, yeah gentlemen thank you very much as always for, for joining me Dave if you want to let everybody know where they can find you and anything that's out at the moment yeah thanks Ellie um, you can find me on Twitter at cm9798 so the website is cm9798.co.uk and the YouTube is cm9798 players who are playing Provolution Soccer every Thursday um, when I get round uploading it Hopefully, the, when the summer window comes on, Dave, the, the pest heads is going to crank up even more when you've got no football to watch. Well, that's it. I um, try to record like four or five at a time, so I've got them in the bank in case like things like happen when we all get COVID, which was great. So um, we've, we've got some in the bank, but I would like to get, well, ideally, twice a week would be great if I can get enough in the bank to do that. Is there a, a Chapman Cup coming out again soon? Did I see that at all? There is. Um, we're going to play it over the summer and I'm going to release it in October because um, that's in line with the 25th anniversary of the release. So oh, there is one coming, but it's just got a lot of a lot of build-up to go yet. Yeah, I mean, so, so it's always fun trying to keep on top of this week like all you guys. <laughs> it always makes a fun one. Uh, Simon, for yourself? Uh, yes, on Twitter is at Sio Regan and for Villa fans, the Holtcast podcast and the website 7500stoholt.com. And you can find us at Man in the Post on all your social media platforms. Um, I mean, I'm assuming that you're listening to me right now, that you've already subscribed. Um, please give us a, a wee rating and review on whatever platform you're on. Um, ideally, five star if you, if you like us. Interact with us on Twitter and give us any suggestions. Anything you'd like us to, to do over the summer, just to kind of keep us... I can't imagine it being regular weekly podcasts over the summer, because there's, there's very little to talk about, but... We'll try and make it once a month, every every so often, even little special quizzes or something, just to keep, keep your ears in the loop. Um, but, gentlemen, thank you as always for joining me. Thank you. Yeah, thanks, Ed. Thank you at home for listening. 
and always remember, keep your man in the post.